Hey friends, so today's episode is a special one. I'm introducing you to my friend Rhonda and her story. So this is my little disclaimer though, because today's topic, we are talking about grief and we are talking about multiple facets of grief and how to honor God through that and all of these things, which are so good. It's such a hard conversation, but it's such a good and holy conversation with my friend. But we are talking about child loss today. So if you've experienced this, I would encourage you to listen in and be filled with hope and hopefully encouragement. But please know that that is the topic we're talking about. I can't wait for you to hear all that Rhonda has to offer today. The Abundant Woman Podcast is one that seeks to help women cultivate a faith that soaks into every single corner of their lives, changing them wholly and completely. Hosted by Samantha Siemens, founder of the Abundant Woman Collective, the podcast features conversation that uplift, encourage, challenge, and empower women to step into true freedom in Christ. If you're ready to go all in with a Jesus-led life, step out of the overwhelm, anxiety, and stress of this world, and step into a life of freedom and abundance, then the Abundant Woman Podcast is for you. Hey friends, welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective Podcast. Today we are so blessed to have my friend Rhonda with us. Rhonda and I met in Tennessee. We're both from the place I shall not be named, California. And <laughs> we met actually at a networking for business, a networking, a business networking meeting. So we met for business, right? Like I don't even yeah. you shared your your devotional, which we'll get into, yeah. but I was fully doing a marketing business. And yet here we are talking about something that has nothing to do with business by any means. And I am so thankful that you said yes to come on to this podcast, Rhonda, and share your story. I appreciate you and your openness. And so thank you. Welcome to the Abandoned Woman. Thank you. Thank you so much. I know it's crazy that we met just like at a networking event. That's why you just never know where you're going to meet people. So you never know. know. Yeah. You go. Right. Right. Cause I was trying to think of, I, I didn't even have like the podcast going like I did, like I never said anything about it and you had yours, but like, yeah, God's so good that way that he'll take a business meeting (laughs) and make it a ministry meeting. And here we are. I love it. Thank you. Okay. Rhonda share a little bit. If you want to just give a little bit more of an intro, I read your bio, but if you want to do a little bit more of an intro and then we'll dig into your story. Yeah. So my name is Rhonda Velez. I actually come from Northern California and got just here to Nashville, Tennessee in October of last year, uh, which I still, some days I can't believe that we actually did it. (laughs) It was really scary. That's a a whole other podcast episode. Yes. I have been married 26 years to my husband, Jason. I have three daughters, uh, Nina, who's 24, Clea, who's 19, and I have a daughter who actually is in heaven with Jesus. And we're going to talk a little bit about her today. Um, I am a sales and marketing, I guess, coach sales. You know, I've been in sales my whole life. I kind of help other women find their purpose and their passion. And I just love seeing women come from, you know, from ashes to beauty, I guess is what I mean. Yeah. I love, them, you know, develop things and um, love inspiring. So yeah, it's a little bit about me. I love it. That was our huge connection point. We both came yeah. from there. <laughs> yes. yes. And we're both pastor's kids. So you were both pastor's kids. Yes. And we both love Jesus. I mean, then, then like the connections keep going, but yes, 
<laughs> and we both have similar hearts to, to yes. shepherd women and bring them out. I love that you said that beauty from ashes, right? Yeah. Okay. So I would love for you to share your story about Tiana and loss and, and we'll go there first. Yeah. So, um, I think you can only kind of start my Tiana story with knowing that, I mean, being a pastor's kid is such a big part of who I am and my dad ran teen challenge for 25 years. And so I felt like I had like extra brownie points in heaven because we literally traveled and did ministry my whole entire life. I didn't even really have much of a high school career. Couldn't really be in sports or do any of those fun things because we were in church all day Sunday and then traveling on Sunday nights. And so um, when I got married, I thought, okay, well, you know, I'm going to get married. I think every, like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but every pastor's kid's like, I'm going to get married. I'm going to marry like probably a pastor's son. We're going to be in leadership. (laughs) Yeah, none of that happened. I actually married a guy who was not a pastor. He's wonderful, but he's not a pastor. And we had um, my daughter, she uh, was born in 1998. And then a few years later, I got pregnant with my daughter, Tiana. And I had a very normal pregnancy. Everything seemed to be going well. We had our, uh, we had a series of just lots of um, grief and challenges even before we um, got pregnant with Tiana. But we had just started to kind of get on our feet. I was feeling really confident about the future and what was going on and how things were going. I was working at this great job. He was doing great at his job. And um, I went into the labor. I was 37 weeks pregnant. And the doctors could not find my daughter's heartbeat. They were having a really hard time. They would find it. And then it kept going away. And they kept, you know, adjusting the monitor to make sure, like, she okay? They finally told me, you know, we're going to have to, we're going to have to do a C-section. And I I didn't want that, but I wanted her to be healthy, but they couldn't tell me what the problem was. Yeah. And I remember sitting in the hospital bed thinking, if she dies, I'm going to die. Like, there's mm-hmm. just no way I can do this. I remember calling my mom and telling her something's wrong with the baby. You need to get over here really quickly. She prayed with me and I'll never forget. She just kept praying. She said, Rhonda, all the way to the hospital, I just kept praying, God, just let the baby be healthy. God, just let the baby be healthy. Um, she was born and she lived three and a half hours and passed away from a heart condition called fibroelastosis. Mm. And I can honestly say that rocked my Christian world and turned it upside down. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I think, I think a lot of times we feel like God owes us something. Mm. And, you know, uh, what I've learned is that it doesn't matter who you are or how many great things you've done, how many times you've volunteered at the church or been a good person, loss and grief affects everyone. Yeah. And for me, that really challenged my faith. Like I actually, for the first time in my life, had to stand on my own two feet and say, is God good even if? Mm. And it was really, really hard. And I'm I'm not going to lie and sugarcoat and say, oh, well, God was so good. You know, I understood all everything. No, it was pure hell, to mm-hmm. say the least. Absolutely. And to have a four-year-old daughter who is grieving, doesn't completely understand why her sister's not coming home. My husband was grieving. I was grieving. He was grieving at a different pace. You know, everything was just such a blur. Um, only for eight weeks later for me to go back to work. Work was something that I um, thought, okay, if I go back to work, then things will feel normal. Mm. I went back to work 
I found my severance package letter on the photocopy machine and I was let go from my job. So all within eight weeks, I lost my child, lost my job. And I was like, all right, God, what, I mean, why didn't you just kill me in the process? Because mm-hmm. like, this is very, this is pain, this hurts and it's not fair. And I didn't understand it. And, you know, we struggled financially. We were having such a hard time with me losing my job. And I just was wondering where God was in all of it. But it was in that season that God started to really work on my heart mm. and show me that he is good even when things aren't great. And I started to really delve into understanding grief and loss. Uh, my degree is actually in counseling. So it was kind of funny. I knew, okay, I know I need to get help. I know right. I need to get help collectively as a family. I think a lot of times um, we don't focus on, I, I have also a really big passion for husbands and men um, because they don't, they're not allowed to talk about it and they feel mm-hmm. so differently. Um, and even now, like 20 years later, my husband has just started to really get deep into the grief process of it. But um, through that journey, I don't know, God was so faithful and um, I just learned to trust him a little bit more every day. And it wasn't easy. And I will say that like my daughter has been gone 20 years, um, but because her, and this sounds so strange when I say it, but she has been more of a missionary in her death than she could have ever been in her life because we have been able to help parents um, purchase gravestones for their babies. Uh, In March on her 20th birthday, we were able to put in a unit called a cuddle cot into Mm -hmm. national general, which um, allows parents to keep their baby at a perfect temperature so they can grieve the loss of their child while they figure out what they're going to do as far as burial goes and it was such an honor for us to be able to, um, you know, put that in Tiana's name. So God has has truly been faithful through it all, but it doesn't mean that the grief was easy. No, no, that sounds awful. I mean, I appreciate you sharing and I appreciate so much that you, you could have quit. I mean, there's so many other options, right? You could have just lived in your grief and kept it, but instead you used your grief to not only affect other families that are walking through the same thing with Tiana's story, but then also with a cuddle cot and with your sharing, like through that hardest part of your life, you are still glorifying God and you're still giving him the praise and you're still affecting other families in her name. Like that is beyond, you know? Yeah. And I, I think it's not, you know, it's not easy because I feel like people, when you, when you have a loss, um, you always have lots of people around you. You know, my church community was so amazing and they, you know, were bringing me meals and, you know, doing stuff for us. And then that kind of goes away and then you're Mm -hmm. like stuck in your grief. And it was really in those times that I had to cling to Jesus because, you know, granted this was pretty you know, Google, pre-social media. Now, you know, now so many women have the resources of, you know, Facebook groups and, you know, Zoom meetups. And there's so many other resources for them um, when they're going through loss. But for me, like there was literally, I would sit up at night, like trying to find resources to learn how to grieve and was grieving okay. Because then also, you know, people in the church and God bless them, but 
saying things like, well, you're still young, you can have another baby or your loss, you know, yeah, that was really awful, but at least, you know, you didn't have that many years with her. Things like that, that I think, yeah, I could write a book on things to not say when you're You probably (laughs) should. (laughs) Don't say any of this. And don't give me flowers. (laughs) Yes, I die. Yeah. And so I think, you know, in church, I mean, if we're going to be specific about uh, the Christian community, we don't, we don't carry things well for other people. We Mm want to fix it. And I think that's just natural. You know, as human beings, we want to make everybody feel better. Um, But what I really needed was someone just to sit there with me and say, it's really hard. And I'm so sorry and have nothing more to say than, than just that. Um, and then that I didn't find a whole lot of that. Yeah. So, you know, you learn to band-aid and mask and not actually grieve. And I think that's why I don't know, grief became such a passionate thing for me to talk about because I feel like I know I'm not alone in that. I know that there's plenty of people out there that are going through loss and it doesn't have to be child loss. Mm-hmm. It could be loss of a job, it could be loss of a marriage, you know, it could be loss of a friendship, but we have to learn to grieve and we just don't do it well as human beings. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we like to pack it into that backpack that we carry around and then the backpack gets super heavy, but we just get tougher, like, or we try and get tougher, right? We don't ever deal with it head on. So if I am a listener, um, and I am in a season of grief or I'm, especially with the holidays just coming and all of those, what, what do I do with my grief? How do I hit it head on? I think, um, when you honor your grief, it makes room for being able to not forget it because you won't forget it. I mean, I think that anytime you go through, especially like a deep grief, like death, that's something a lot of people are like, well, if I grieve it, then that means I have to move into the new. And that means I have to forget it. And that is not true. Like I remember my, I, my daughter has a a stocking every year that's hung. Um, We have ornaments in honor of her. Um, I have angels throughout my house that remind me of her because her memory will never be forgotten, but that doesn't mean that I don't heal from my grief. And when we don't honor our grief, we don't allow ourselves to step into the things that God has for us in the future because we stay stuck there. Mm. That's so good. What is one thing you wish that others understood about your grief or about grief in general? Um, that it's not, it's not, it's not a one and done. It's not, you know, I grieved and I'm okay. Or even today, like, I mean, it it just depends on the, it depends on the day. There are days that like, just even saying my daughter's name can bring me to tears Mm. or it just hits me. I hear a song or I remember something. Um, you know, even leaving California to come here and knowing that her body is buried there, even though I know she's not there, that's still something that we as a husband and wife and a family had to grieve because, you know, it's not just over just because you feel better. Um, every right. day brings a new challenge. It really does. Um, and I mean, with death in particular, but like even losing my job, that brought a different set of grief that I noticed really did affect me in my business, my place of business, um, because I was always waiting for that other shoe to drop. Mm. And so being very aware now of 
you know, what things trigger me, like, oh, wait, I'm feeling triggered by this and being able to acknowledge it. Like a lot of, sometimes it's just a matter of me writing it down Mm. and just saying, I feel this way. Is this truth? And being able to combat that with, no, that's just a lie. It's a lie of the enemy. That's not true. Uh, That was really hard. (laughs) It's really hard to do, you know, it's not easy. And I don't think people um, have the tools or the resources to be able to really walk through grief in a healthy manner. Yeah. Yeah. I agree completely. What, uh, so you had mentioned when you were sharing that you sort of were wrestling with God and rightfully so, um, what, how did you feel towards him after, like, how did you get to the place where you are now with God? Um, so a lot, you know, it's funny cause I, I tell people a lot of times like me and God have a very, we have a very, very difficult relationship. <laughs> Some days we're talking and other days I'm like, I'm not talking to you right now. I'm really upset with you. Um, but I learned that my, that is such a beautiful, healthy relationship with God because he actually understands it. And he knows, you know, um, I, I was on, I was doing this, um, this, uh, mastermind this weekend. And we were talking about how are we were really made for eating like this is never God's intention for us yeah. to suffer. And so when I think, uh, you know, one of my friends, Carrie had said that, and I was like, I don't know. It was like, she shined this big bright light. And I was like, Bing, Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Like yeah. we were never meant to feel the pain that we feel. And so as I've been able to heal in that, and I will tell you, like, even, even though God took care of us, those first few years. And I ended up having another baby uh, after that. It didn't take away still some of the, the trust issues that I had with God. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really until 2020, which sounds so crazy, 18 years later, that I really was starting to unpack what trauma and grief had done to me. And when I was really able to get honest with God and say, I'm mad, I am angry and I need my heart to be tended to. Mm. And it was only until my heart was tended to that God was able to begin restoration. And I say begin because I'm not done. You're yeah. never done. It's never over. You're never truly completely healed of all of it. We live in a broken world. We're going to have triggers and things that happen. Um, but I, I do believe that God, um, you know, he started, he was very gentle with me and he understood. And even though I wasn't a hundred percent trustworthy, <laughs> um, he's been good. He's been good to me. Yeah. I think two characteristics that you pointed out were one that he can handle. Like we don't serve a little God, nor would I ever want to serve a God who can couldn't handle my grief or my anger, right? Like he can handle our emotions. He created us. He knows us. And so being angry at God, you can be angry at God and still love him or, and still have difficult relationships with him, but you can go to him with that. Right. Like he's not the small puny God that can't handle it because if so, then what's the point. And then the, we don't get necessarily healing on this side of heaven, but like part of the joy and the excitement for being a Christian and going to heaven is that there we get our full healed body. We get to see our lost loved ones. We get to rejoice and be in like, that is the abundance that we get to look forward to is things in this world. They, 
are tough and they suck. And I don't know if I can say that on here, but I did. And okay. And (laughs) they are awful, but like we get to have freedom and hope and joy and peace. Yes. Here on earth, but then also like ultimately in heaven, like our ending is so beautiful. And so there's hope in that, which I'm sure while, as you were walking in, it didn't feel super hopeful, but yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why I clung to, um, you know, my devotional is really written from Job 23, 10 that mm. says for when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. And I joke, I joke around and say like, Job's my Bible boyfriend, because I feel like I could so relate to him, you know, yeah. he, you know, he even had his wife and his four friends, really that whole book is dialogue between his four friends and his, his wife telling him like curse God, or like, yeah. what did you do wrong to have this come to you? And he he continued to even question God. And then God came to him and, and spoke to him. and was like, you don't see the bigger picture. And I mm-hmm. think that that's what we don't see when we're in the middle of grief is we don't see the bigger picture. And, you know, in, in 2002, that was a huge loss. And then I had another huge loss in 2020. And when I look and I see what God has done in both of those situations, there's so much greater than what I could yeah. have ever imagined. Like I wanted the outcome to be different. I would have preferred it for my own, you know, my own will, but his will was so much, you know, his plans was, were so much greater than I could have ever imagined. And just, just knowing that, um, it does, it gives you hope. I think you can, you can hold both that hurt and hope in the same way and be okay with it. Like, I think we think you have to have all this hope or you have to hurt Right. and it's not, they work together and you have to hold them both in the same hand. That's so good. That's so good. Yes. I love that. Thank you for that. Okay. So for someone who's maybe listening, who has not grieved like this, um, and again, you had said it doesn't have to be a child loss or a loss like a death. Um, but someone who maybe hasn't experienced this, but has friends or girlfriends that have, you said a few things that we shall not say, which God bless you. I hope you don't say stuff like that anyways, but how, how, um, how do you wish others would have responded? Like how, I know you said to just sit with them. Is there something else you can give the listeners who maybe aren't walking through it? Because like, even in the past few weeks, we've, I know people who are currently grieving and I know that I would never say the crazy stuff that you said. However, I always don't know what my, like what the right response should be, even if they're not, cause my, these girls aren't local to me. So I'm like, okay, I sent them a meal train. I did the things, but I know that they're still grieving, right? Like it doesn't just go away because we move on with our life. What, how can you encourage women to be there and carry that burden even so after? Many yeah. So many things. Um, I think it's really important to be engaged with your friends that are going through grief, not just six months in mm. like checking in on them regularly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have a really dear friend that her husband passed away and I still like, uh, you know, when I know it's the anniversary, I check in with her and make sure she's doing okay. And, um, you know, for the first few years, I would drop off a little thing. I, we're not local anymore, so I can't do this, but I would drop off little things at her door, um, you know, a memory candle, which is, I think, so beautiful because that gives them a chance to have something that's tangible and it's living. And it's, you know, I, I have a memory candle that I light when I miss my daughter. Like there's just days that I, I miss her. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, we'll go light that, um, just a handwritten note. This isn't thinking of you. Like, honestly, it does not have to be, you don't have to solve their problem. You cannot solve what they are going through. 
And you, for the most part, even with me, who's had a child that's passed away, I can't always relate to exactly what someone else is going through, even if it is their child that passed away, Mm -hmm. because every, you know, every situation is different, but I can tell them that like, if you need me, I'm here. Um, Sometimes that means I'll reach out. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, I'm a big proponent of when God places somebody on your heart, it takes two seconds to text them. Yeah. Like it's not going to take, you know, so much out of your time. Like, I think we get, oh, I'm so busy. That's such an excuse to not care for people's hearts. Well, um, so I think just being intentional with your friendship, especially depending on how close you are to them, of course, but I think especially when you're close to them, like just being intentional with what you're doing for them. If it, if you're, you know, if you have it on your heart to send them a meal or, you know, send them a goodie box or, or something that they enjoy, then by all means, just do it. Don't, don't hesitate. Yeah. I love that. And I think us as a church body can absolutely take notes with that, um, to love the grieving. Well, the grieving people, Mm -hmm. sisters, but well, um, okay. So tell me, I'm going to ask two things. One about you had mentioned Tiana's story. Is that what's called? Yeah. How can we get involved with that? So, um, it's called Tiana project. It's on my website. It's rondavelez.com. And um, we, we are, we are not a nonprofit right now, but, um, we do, my husband and I actually do donate the money, um, that is received. We, a lot of it is coming out of our own pockets right now, which is totally fine. Um, just because we're so passionate about it. Um, we basically somebody who it needs a gravestone, they would just fill out a form. We figure out the need and then we donate a portion, um, so that they can get a gravestone for their babies. So the Tiana project is something that we will always be passionate about. Um, we used to do a bunch of fundraisers and stuff for it. We haven't, I'm hoping that we will now that we're, you know, a little settled, more settled here yeah. in Tennessee, but yeah, you can definitely go check out the Tiana project. We talk about our story. Um, and you know, I mean, it's amazing. Like how many women I've been able to impact and, and just, you know, pour into, yeah. uh, the loss because of, because of my daughter, because of her, because of her life, her brief life. Without the Tiana project, they wouldn't have a two, like they wouldn't have a gravestone. Yeah. So, um, interesting. So kind of to go back a little bit. So after Tiana died and after I'd lost my job, I would go to the cemetery probably like, I don't know, probably three or four times a week. And I would sit there and I would watch parents put styrofoam gravestones at their babies. Um, because they didn't have headstones, headstones, the burials are paid for, but the stones are quite expensive, um, depending on the size and what they want. And so a lot of parents don't get them or can't afford to get them. Cause this yeah. is not like when you lose a child, you're normally not it's expecting, not expected. it's yeah. not like you're, you know, older and you're planning your funeral. Um, so what would happen was the cemetery landscapers would come and they would take the styrofoam gravestones and they, they literally pick them all up and just throw them by this tree. And then, so the parents would have to go and take them, you know, back out and put them. So I really was like, I'm like, we have to do something. And my husband was like, you're crazy because we have no money and um, you have no job. (laughs) Oh yeah, that. (laughs) I forgot. And I said, well, you know what? I'm just going to start making soaps and body scrubs out of my kitchen. So that's what I did for literally probably two years. I made body scrubs and soaps out of my kitchen, sold them at craft fairs. And we purchased gravestones for babies. I found a um, 
a monument company that gave us the gravestones at a discount. So basically we'll find a monument company, we'll negotiate with them and we will um, give a voucher is how it worked out. So yeah, that's so really, it's just a place for them to be able to go. Like for me, even when I go back on business trips to California, I always go by the cemetery and put flowers at her grave. But if that means an urn, you know, if that means that they they don't have money for that, um, you know, just any way that we can help. That, yeah, is incredible. So you're going to start in Tennessee and then you're going to let me know, but yes. <laughs> um, okay. I want to move to 24 carats. Um, yes. tell me about your devotional. I forgot to mention, well, I mentioned in your intro, but home girl is a published author. What, what? Well, this year it was crazy. I know. I actually started this book. I think, oh gosh, I think it was 2019. And I was like, I'm going to finish it. It's a really small devotional. So like, I can't imagine writing a whole book. That would be just horrible. Um, I feel like I'm more meant for the devotional space. Uh, you're going to have little pieces of me. Um, I started in 2019 and I thought, well, I want it to be done by my daughter's 18th birthday, which was in March of 2020 and life happened and COVID happened mm. and a lot of loss happened, not for just me, but a lot of other people in the world. Yeah. And it actually came out right before in February, um, right before her birthday in 2022. So it came out just this year. And it's just basically called Emerging as Pure Gold in the Midst of Our Circumstances. And it just is a 24-day devotional. So it's a super easy read. And it has ways for you to respond and journal at the end of each one. And kind of just, it's not all about grief and loss. And, you know, it talks about comparison. It shares my story of kind of childhood of different things that I've endured as a woman. And, um, you know, even talk a little bit about just, uh, the fruit of the spirit and, you know, how are we, how are we doing that in our lives? Are we doing it well? Are we not? And so it's just a really easy devotional to kind of give to a friend. Maybe you just need a little bit of encouragement. And again, it's all based on Job 2310, because like I said, Job is my Bible boyfriend. I say that all the time. I love that you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Who is your Bible boyfriend? Um, I say Paul is, and it's not necessarily because of his circumstance. It's because I just love him. And, but honestly, it's funny because if we really look at those characters, those people in the Bible, they were probably like heck ugly. Like John was in locust and smelly, like, come on, but (laughs) all the time. (laughs) That was rich. Okay. Yes. That's not the word going for us. (laughs) They'll end up in prison. That's okay. It's (laughs) And I might also call them all homeboys, um, in the most endearing term as well. Um, I was talking about Moses the other day and talking about his staff. And then I was like, homeboy had a staff and he performed and the sweet lady in my Bible study looked at me like I had 10 heads. I'm like, sorry, I meant sir Moses. I'm just kidding. Okay. (laughs) From your devotional, I'm going to read this sentence because this is, I'm just going to steal it and use it because it says we can choose to be defeated by our current life situations, or we can choose to grow and trust that God is working in the midst. This devotional encourage, inspire you to keep going in the midst of your circumstances. So like you said, it's not necessarily the grief, um, directly tied to that. It can be all sorts of circumstances, but that sentence is so powerful to me. And I feel like it reflects your life and what you've shared with us very well. So thank you for that. But 
We can choose to grow and trust that God is working in the midst, even in, even even if, if. Mm -hmm. even if that is my big thing, it's like, even if is God still good, is he still good? Even if, and do we really believe that? Or do we allow the enemy to tell us different? Otherwise. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just think that like, if we can get that, if we can learn to trust that God's plans are so much greater than ours. And I think that's what Job did so well was that after he did complain, he did, I mean, you know, he, he did, he did tell God, like, curse me and let me die. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not kidding. Like, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have been at that point where you're like, curse me and die, Jesus. Because yeah, you're over it. I am done. I'm over it. But really God had so much greater for him. And I think it's interesting that I was telling someone, it's interesting that Job is the book right before Psalms. Mm-hmm. And Psalms is just this encouraging, you know, part of the Bible that, you know, you just get so much out of. And it's like, here's Job, you know, depressing Job. And then yes. Psalms is right next to it. So, yeah. you know, God was like, I'm going to take you through that, but now we're going to do this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That is so good. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Is there anything you want to leave the listeners with? And then we're going to do rapid fire questions. Oh gosh. Okay. Um, I just want to encourage you to not give up and just Mm -hmm. know that God loves you and he has big plans for you. And no matter where you are right now, your circumstances may seem completely lost, but he has not forgotten you and he sees you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. And amen. Now I have to do the fun thing after that. <laughs> okay. The, um, so with each of the guests we pull up, or I just ask random three questions. And, um, the first one is easy-ish. What is your favorite worship song right now? Oh, I speak Jesus. Yes. I love her so much. Um, okay. My second question, uh, we'll link this too, because I love her. Um, second one, what is something in your life that you're loving right now? Oh, um, Ooh, um, I'm loving my new house. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love I never, that for you. I've never lived in a brand, brand new house before. So this is kind of fun. Fancy. <laughs> oh, kind of, yes. Right. <laughs> I made a mistake. It's all me. Yes. Oh, that is true. You get to start to finish. It's all you, yep. whether you like all it or not. <laughs> Ugly. Yes. Blame anybody for the design decisions. Oh, that's funny. Yes, I never thought of that. Um, okay, number three. Who would you like to play you in a movie? Oh, Sandra Bullock. Yes, I love her. I love her. Yeah. I just think she's funny. That she can be serious. Oh, no. Yes, Sandra, if you're listening, you can play me. <laughs> okay, I approve. When we start filming, I approve. Just kidding. <laughs> Okay, friends. Thank you, Rhonda. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and encouraging and giving us all hope that you have shared with us tonight, today. Um, Okay. So what my friends are going to do that are listening is we're going to go on to Amazon or if you're local bound books in West Haven, Tennessee, um, if not Amazon or Barnes and Nobles, and we're going to get 24 karat conversations devotional. Um, you can also check out Rhonda on her website, rondavelez.com. And I will link everything in the show notes. So you have access to her and Rhonda already told me this. So I'm going to speak for her, (laughs) but you can also message her. And what is your Instagram Rhonda? It's reality of life. O2. Perfect. I'll link that to you. But if you need some more Rhonda in your life, then follow her on Instagram, send her a message. 
and she would love to talk to you. Yeah. All right, friends. Until next time. Bye y'all. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community going after Jesus and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.